Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, whether you are a Christ follower in this room or maybe, maybe you're not a Christian and maybe you've just been kind of just coming into church to just see why are individuals standing, raising hands, singing. And um, we talked last week about, you know, there's something about Christmas that we want to grasp, we want to hold on to, and we want to be a part of our lives all year round, not just during this season. And um, my prayer for you, no matter what your background is, and, and maybe you're, you're just kind of dabbling into Christianity, trying to figure it out, um, is that you, you truly, truly begin to understand uh, the meaning of the season and why we are here. And that's why we're doing this series. It's called Capturing Christmas. We're trying to dive back into the Christmas story, and we're really trying to really pick out, all right, Terry, um, what is it about this season that is so special? And we obviously know that Jesus came, and he pierced the darkness, and he was born uh, in Bethlehem, but we also know there's a lot more to it, and that's what we've been kind of driving to. In order to kick this off, today we're going to talk about a group of shepherds, and I'm reminded of a story uh, that someone shared about sheep. And uh, you might have heard the rumor, you might have heard that kind of just, you know, through whether it's, it's just that idea or saying that sheep are not the smartest animal. You ever heard that before? Well, I was talking to someone uh, from the Midwest uh, some time ago, and they shared a story. They said, you know, Terry, that's actually not true. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I've heard that many times. I said, yeah, the cattle ranchers always say that. And I go, well, why do the cattle ranchers say that? And they're like, because that's their experience with sheep. I said, well, explain. And they said this. They said, the cattle ranchers, you know, they will go and they'll, they'll, they'll ride their horses. The cowboys will ride their horses behind the cows and they'll yell and, the, and, the, and they'll move the herd toward where they want them to go. And so they get behind them and they just come, come on, come on. And they move. And so they consider them, you know, they're smart animals. They said, sheep, they try to do that with sheep and ride behind the sheep and the sheep won't move. And so that's why they get the, the term that they're dumb animals, that they're not very smart. Where actually, if you talk to a shepherd, a shepherd would disagree and a shepherd would say sheep are very, very smart and they're very loyal. And they said, because for a shepherd, a shepherd knows that you can't go behind a sheep and try to force them to go somewhere. That instead, you have to go in front of the sheep because sheep love to follow. And then they said this, they said, sheep are very loyal too because you could take in the middle of the night, I as a shepherd, if I go in and I walk amongst the sheep that are sleeping, they won't move. But you take a stranger and you move a stranger into a a pack of sheep, the sheep will scatter just like that. And so there's something very special about sheep and the relationship with their shepherd. And those of us that know the Christmas story, there's a lot of symbolism with regards to the shepherds and with regards to we as sheep. And so we're going to pick up a story. We're going to dive into the Christmas story. And and as we tackle this, I'm gonna, my prayer is, is that you grab onto four truths that the angels shared that day when they came and they shared the good news about Christ. And my hope is, is that each of these principles you don't just take and you throw aside, but that you actually really, really evaluate them and ask yourself the question, am I, am I holding on to this? Is this something that is a part of my life this Christmas? So we pick up the Christmas story and we're going to read the whole section and then we're going to come back and we're going to dissect it. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Here we go. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's an amazing story, and you see different groups of individuals, and in order to unpack this, I want to give you insight into the shepherds. I love the shepherd story. It's my favorite part of the Christmas story, believe it or not. Yes, little baby Jesus is important too, so don't, you know, I love, that's, that's, that's the main thing. But in the whole story, I love the shepherds. And if you were here, a part of our church, you've heard me preach messages on the shepherds, and, and I'm just going to give you context, because we've, we've heard these messages in the past, and you can go back in our YouTube channel, and you can find those messages. But the shepherds were despised individuals. If you were to be a shepherd, you would be staying in the fields. I've been in those shepherds' fields, and, and it says that the shepherds' fields were nearby Jerusalem, which was true. And as individuals would travel into Jerusalem, they would see shepherds, and they would despise and ridicule the shepherds. In fact, let's pick up the story and let's begin to dissect them in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Let's go back. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, the most amazing thing is, is if you're in Israel, you see Jerusalem. Jerusalem is up on a hillside. It's a, it's a mountain, but it's a, a small mountain. And they have valleys surrounding it. And then on the other side of the valley, you see Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, on the side of the slopes of that valley, you have Bethlehem and you have the shepherds who would have been staying in the fields that night in that area. But shepherds were all around Jerusalem. And so individuals who would come who were God-fearing, they would walk into Jerusalem on a consistent basis. And as they would walk by, they would walk by shepherds and they would turn their noses down at the shepherds. Because in order to be a shepherd, you could not offer sacrifices like you were supposed to, and you could not honor God because you could not leave your sheep. So in other words, if you chose to be a shepherd, you chose a dishonorable profession. In fact, you were lumped in with the tax collectors, and those of you who are part of our church know how much tax collectors were despised. And so here the individuals come by, and they looked at the shepherds, they despised the shepherds, and the shepherds are there. And I find it pretty amazing that the angels chose shepherds for the first individuals to share the good news about the Christ child. And those, that angel has four messages for each and every one of us. And if you're taking notes, here's the first one and we're going to unpack it. The first message from the angel is, is that we need to learn during the Christmas season to be peaceful. Be peaceful. Now, Let's take a look at it, and then we'll unpack it. It says this, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and watch what the angel said, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. 
Right off the bat, when you begin to study this, you begin to see the angel is talking about two different locations. The first location that the angel says is glory to God in the highest heaven. In other words, last week, remember we talked about God's glory. That in the Old Testament, God was unapproachable. His glory was so powerful that mere human mortals, we could not be a part of his glory. We said last week that Moses had to cover and shade his face. We said that when Jesus traveled to the Mount of Transfiguration, that his skin was transformed because of God's glory. God's glory was nothing to be messed with. And so the angel says, yes, it's true. In heaven, it's marvelous. God's glory is everywhere. Well, what, Terry, what is God's glory? God's glory is perfection. God's glory is righteousness. And so in other words, hey, you're here on earth, but up in heaven is incredible. And what the angel was saying is a piece of this glory is coming down to earth. And because of that, here's what the angel says. On earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Now, what I love about this inscription, this is where you wake up because this is fascinating, is when you read scripture, many of us who read through the New Testament, and, and if you're not a Christian, we Christians were challenged with reading God's word because that's to us is truth. And when we read God's word, we try to receive that word and apply it to our daily lives. So when we see the word peace in a passage of scripture, I don't know about you, but immediately I take it into my context, right? Because we live in America, and we live right now where, where we don't see much war around us. We don't see guns. We don't see bullets. We don't see that much. So culturally speaking, because we've had peace from a warfare standpoint for some years, when we read Scripture, we are confused to think that every time we read it, it means peace of heart. And, and, and that's true. But do you know that every time you read Scripture and you see that word peace, it doesn't just mean peace of heart. It actually means fighting, warfare, struggle, toil. And so when the angel said, peace has come to earth, it's the kind of peace that puts an end to war. It's a kind of peace that puts the end to strife and end to struggle. Well, Terry, what struggle is God talking about? What kind of peace are we supposed to take hold of and be peaceful? Well, I think in our culture and here in Myrtle Beach, if, whether you're, you're watching online in our area and around the country, I think there's two different groups of people. I think there's irreligious and religious. And I'm not picking on one side or the other. Because some of you in this room say, well, Terry, that's not me. But wait, let me, let me categorize. The irreligious are individuals who say, you know, Terry, I'm in control of my life. I have my plan that there is no super natural amazing being who is controlling my life. I make my own decisions. And, that, and if you're not a Christian in this room, that, that's part of your belief system. It's no, I'm in control of my destiny, that there's, there's nothing controlling it. And so if you're irreligious, that's your category. If you're religious, it means this, that I believe that there is a, some sort of God. And I believe that that God has an impact on my destiny. And that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. You see, there's irreligious and religious. Now, the easy part, if you're irreligious, is this. The angel said, be peaceful. So for the irreligious, it means that in your life, that you are fighting against the reality of God. Now, whether you believe it or not, we as believers, we believe that there is a God, and we believe his son, Jesus Christ, came down here. And so... We believe that God has a plan for our lives. And so for the irreligious, it means this, peace to you, meaning your heart, your control, your wanting to do things your way is at odds with God's plan. That's what the text means. That's just what it means. And it means that you're at war 
with what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. So if you're here today and you don't know if Jesus Christ is the Son of God, whether you know it or not, you are at struggle and at strife with God on an everyday basis for control of your life. That's the truth. Now, religious, some of you are like, well, Terry, I'm religious, so I'm good, right? No. No, 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 no. I love it because some of you are sitting there saying, "Woo, good, I'm in the religious category, I'm good, me and God, we're good. No, 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 no. How many of you did not sin yesterday? How many of you did not sin this morning? How many of you did not sin trying to find a parking space and started yelling at someone who got into your space before you did? How many of you came into this room and someone was sitting in your normal spot and say, how dare that individual? So for the religious, every day we battle that sinful nature. Now here's the beauty of this. is that what God says and what the angel said to us at this Christmas time is says, Terry, the peace that's coming into the world gives you peace every day from your struggle. In other words, Terry, you don't need to have control of your life. You can trust God. Terry, you don't need to let those things bother you because guess what? There is, don't miss this, this is where it comes together. There is glory up in heaven and righteousness in heaven and peace in heaven. And Jesus Christ represents that and he came to earth. And it's a reminder to you and I that I don't need to sweat the small stuff on this earth. I don't need to take control of my finances. I don't need to take control of my family. I can let it go and open my hands and say, God, the reality is this life is but a blip. And I'm going to be in eternity. And when I'm in eternity, I'm going to grasp it all. So why am I struggling here? Why am I fighting? Why am I doing this? Release. Be peaceful. And that's what the angel's message was to the shepherds. You can be peaceful. You don't have to worry about this. It's but a blip. Well, Terry, what are the enemies of peace? Isn't it true that many of us, we battle pride. We battle wanting to be authoritative and in control and our human selfishness. This Christmas, when you hear the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, there's a great verse in there that speaks of God and sinners reconciled. And I love that part. Because that night, what the angel said is, you are reconciled to God. Because Jesus Christ pierced the darkness. No more toil. No more struggle. Peace. So some of you in this room, that's your first message for the Christmas season. Be peaceful. He's won the battle. Be peaceful. There's a second message that he does, and I love this, and it's listen. The angel wants us to listen. Well, Terry, that's an easy one. You mailed it in this week. No, no, no. Let's take a look at the text. Watch what he says. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. Now pause and keep it right here. Because I love this. When we think of the shepherds, we think of all the you know, little Christmas pageants in churches, and we think of our kids dressed up with sheets over their heads and little staffs, and we're like, isn't it cute? They're there, and they're around Mary and Joseph, and, and everybody's having a party, and they're just like, oh, it's wonderful. No. Remember, shepherds were despised. So now Mary and Joseph, they're sitting with livestock. They just have baby Jesus. They're freaked out. And all of a sudden, a bunch of despised, despicable shepherds show up and say, hey, guys. If I was Mary and Joseph, I'd be like, get out of here. You're despicable. Don't be near me. I mean, Joseph had to be thinking, look, this is bad enough, all right? The baby's not mine. I think it's God's. 
and now I got shepherds hanging out. I mean, this is not good for my image, okay? This is the truth. Do you know this, that shepherds, that in a court of law in Jerusalem, that if someone brought an argument up, that if the only individual was a shepherd that witnessed the crime, they couldn't call the shepherd to testify. That's what despicable reputation shepherds had. In other words, you can't use a shepherd. You can't trust a shepherd. They're not even trusted in a court of law. And the reason why I think this is amazing is, is that the shepherds show up and they share the word among Mary and Joseph who have to be skeptical. And now watch what happens. It says, they spread the word. No, go back one, sorry. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed. The shepherds listened. They absorbed. They radiated the message. And it says they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But watch this. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying praising God for all that they had heard. Remember these shepherds who thought God was mad at them, who thought God doesn't want anything to do with me because I'm despicable, because culture tells me I'm despicable? Guess what happened to the shepherds? They were amazed and they glorified and they said, God is amazing. The shepherds received. Mary treasured and Mary pondered. Well, what does that mean? What does the language mean? I love this because it's a lesson between hearing and listening, right? You ever heard that before, hearing and listening? Let me give you an illustration. Yesterday, I was sitting there, and I was in my house. And I am a goal-oriented creature. And so I'm in there, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I have to go, and I have to, to move the car to be able to let Connor be able to play basketball in my driveway. Okay, great. Get up, and I'm walking out the back door, and I hear Jennifer say something. But I'm on a mission, and I'll figure I'll catch it later. So I go into the garage, and I, I get in the car, I move the car, and I come back in. So about an hour later, all of a sudden, Jennifer goes to the garbage can. She opens the door, and there's no bag in the can. And she says, Terry, did you not get the garbage bag that I told you to? Now, I'm sitting there and going, excuse me? You never said that. So I said, when did you? I said, you never asked me to go get a garbage bag? Terry, yes. I said, Terry, can you go get the garbage bag? You, you were still in the house. You were walking out to the garage. I never heard that. You did not say that. That is not true. I don't want to get blamed for something that I am perfectly righteous for. And she says, Terry, I promise you I said that. Now, you might not have listened to me at that moment. And that's when, as a guy, it's like, oh, man, that's true. There's sometimes when, you know, it's the elevator's not going up to the top floor. You know what I'm saying? And so I just sat there and I said, oh, I, I wasn't actively listening. I heard something, but it wasn't important to me at the moment. And so I didn't receive it. And what I love about that is the shepherds, they, they heard the message and they applied it to their lives. You know, a guy by the name of Paul once talked about that. And I want you to see what he said to the Romans. He said this, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. In other words, what Paul says is when you hear and you apply and you receive and it becomes a part of your life, it becomes powerful. And I think this Christmas, for some of us, we don't live Christmas the way that we should live Christmas. We don't walk around as if we've actually listened to the Christmas story. And we believe with the hope of God in what the Christmas story represents. So for you, for some of us, are you truly listening to the truth 
that God can change your life even this Christmas. There's a third part, because there's two more, and I got a motor. There's a third part, and I love this because the angel basically tells us to take courage. Take courage. It's important. Let's read the text. It says this in verse 9, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Now pause. I have never seen this before until I studied it this time, and it's incredible. Do you realize if you were a shepherd and all of a sudden the glory of God, remember we said last week that Moses had to shield his faith? Old Testament, that's what people thought about the glory of God. Uh Uh-oh, God's here. Ah, he's angry, he's mad. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna burn up. I better turn my face. So the shepherds are in the field and I love it. We look at Christmas pads and we think, oh, look, they're like, wee, angels, how beautiful. No, they weren't doing that. They were freaked out. They were hiding behind the sheep. If it was me, I'd have been like, sorry, sheep, you're toast. And I'd have thrown them in front and hid behind them. Be like, don't, I, don't, I, I can't be around God. He's mad at me. I haven't worshipped him. I didn't offer sacrifices. He's really got to be ticked at me. And they were terrified. That's what it meant. But you know what I love about God? If, you, if you're not a Christian in this room and you ever wonder for, about the character of God, look, if I was God, which would be a really bad choice, but if I was God and I chose after 400 years to send the angel to bring the news, like I said, I would have said, all right, I want you to go to the shepherds And you know what? They're freaked out. And you know what? They should be because they've not been worshiping me like they should be. And so you need to go. And that's right. They should be terrified because they've not been doing a good thing. So you need to go and let them have it. Go down there and say, hey, shepherds, hey, you need to get your act straight. Now, let me tell you some good news. That would have been the first thing that the angels would have told the shepherds in my story. But do you notice what God's story is? What did the angel do first? The angel didn't come and say, greetings, Jesus is coming. What did he say? Do not be afraid. Do you realize that the first thought on the angel's mind was to settle the heart of the shepherd? Shepherd, I know that you feel like God hates you, but don't be afraid. Shepherd, I know you feel like you've messed up, but the Christmas story is for you. Take courage. If you don't hear anything else, I said there are some individuals in this room that feel like God doesn't like them or God hates them because of where you're at in your life, and you need to know the angel's coming to your heart and saying, take courage. That's not God. Take courage. The Christmas story is still for you. Take courage. Jesus still can forgive you. That's the beauty of the Christmas story. And you know, the sad thing is, if you're in this room and you're running from God because you just know that you're not doing the right thing and you think God doesn't like you and you believe in that, I just have one statement I want to read you. Why do you let others label you when God doesn't? Why do you let others tell you who you are, limit your future, and limit your potential, when the truth of it all is God never does. When God looks at you, he says, take courage, there is hope. Take courage because of Jesus, you can do all things through him who give you strength. That's the message of Christmas, and for some of us, we just need that one to take But there's a fourth. And the last message that the angel gives is a word we don't understand. And it's a word called behold. Let's read it. It says, and the angel said unto them, fear not. Terry, I don't care about your past. God loves you. That's why he sent in Jesus. So fear not. And he says, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy 
And the third week of Advent is the candle of joy, and it's pink. And the reason why is when we get disheartened, when we lose hope, when the darkness overcomes us, the pink candle rises up to say, even though you think it's dark, it's not, because joy is still available for you. And that's why this week is the joyful candle. Fear not, I bring you tidings of good joy, great joy which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That word behold means to grasp. That word behold means to take and to apply. And there are so many of us at Christmas that we don't behold that the story of Christmas is so powerful, can bring peace, can bring courage, can bring joy and hope to our lives, but we don't receive it. We continue to live the lives of others about our past, about our present, and about our future. When God looks and says, I gave you Jesus, and because of that, you can always have joy. And so the message of the angel is to be peaceful. Do you want peace? Are you treasuring? Are you listening to what God did? Why are you afraid of letting go of your pride, your sense of authority, your control, and your selfishness when the angel says, behold, grasp it, take it, behold? Before we close, I want you to hear the words of this song. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God to bring the message of Christmas to your heart once again and to behold all that he gives you. Take a listen. He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time child. He became like the least of us. Behold him. Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the
my hope and my prayer today is that you leave this place, that you've reconciled with God, that you've behold the truth of the message of Christmas and that it changes your life forever. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming into this world to bringing peace to the struggle and the trials of our heart. God, thank you that you don't judge us, that you don't weigh us down, God, but instead you forgive our sins and you give us hope. And, and so God, in this room today, for those in the balcony, those watching online and those on the floor, God, I pray that they would behold you, maybe for the very first time. And if you're in this room, heads down, eyes closed, if you're at home and you've never received the Christ of Christmas, there's no better time than the present. And so right now in the privacy of your heart, take hold of his truth. And that truth is this. And I pray that you'd echo this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that you're the son of God and I know that you came to save me. And so God, right now, I open my heart and Lord, I, for, for the last time, I take the sin I've been carrying and I lay it at your feet. And God, you promised to take that sin, to forgive it, to cast it as far as the east is from the west so I don't have to struggle with it. I don't have to be weighed down with it. And so God, right now for freedom, I thank you for forgiving me. And God, I take hold of the fact that you died on a cross for the penalty of my sin. I promise to live my life, to follow you, to know that when I get to heaven, I will be totally free. And God, on this earth, no matter what happens to me, I will live with the hope of glory because I know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. So God, thank you that today that I know that I will spend eternity with you. And that's the message of the Christmas story. And so thank you, God. Thank you for the privilege that you offer that truth so that I can grasp it, hold it, and behold it. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. May God bless you.